It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays, raining Jays. Millie's Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast Here on the Locked On Podcast Network Thank you for making us part of your daily routine We are now here for you Monday through Friday Post-game here as the Celtics defeat the Pistons 108-105 in a wild game, a crazy game where a ton of whistles, but Kyrie went off. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the other things that happened, like uh, Aaron Baines coming in, making an instant impact, uh, some some fun things from uh, Jalen Brown. And uh, we're here for the first time face-to-face, Jam, post-game. Live in person. This is great. This is amazing. Uh, I am John Corrales. He is Samuel Jamison Packard III. And I should turn on the Instagram live, but we're going to talk about, uh, let, let's get into this. This game was won in the third quarter, I think, when Kyrie Irving went off for 13 points, matching the Pistons in the quarter and, and really turning what was an ugly back and forth close game into a big Celtics lead. Yeah, it was, Kyrie is finally back. I think all it took was a haircut. Um, and it's hilarious how, People saw his haircut happen. Everyone's like, oh, he's immediately going to score. Like, it just was immediately known. And he came out and he put on a show, especially in that fourth quarter. He hit three threes in the span of, I think, a minute and a half. Uh, really put the Celtics on a run. Uh, but it was a weird, disjointed game. Not helped at all by the fact that the refs decided to call 18 billion fouls and take any rhythm um, that was going to ha- like be in this game just didn't happen whatsoever. And so the Celtics were quite good in the first and third quarters. Not so great in the second quarter. Had a really atrocious uh, start to the fourth quarter where they scored nine points in uh, the first, what was it, like eight minutes? Um, yeah, it was something something ridiculous like that. They were able to close it out uh, because the Mad Brad got a tech and they went on a 6-0 <laughs> run and they were inspired by it. But... The Pistons kept fighting, and Reggie Bullock, who add him to the list of random guys on the Pistons who are annoying, to he's uh, we'll call him the Ish Smith All Stars. Um, <laughs> Ish Smith also hit a number of threes, uh, really trying to keep themselves in this game. Um, the, the Celtics were able to pull it out just because it felt like the Pistons are really not great at scoring. But it was a weird, disjointed game where they did not play grave offense in the second and fourth quarter, but had some really great moments in the first and third. Well, for a while there, I thought the Celtics were going to be able to keep the Pistons down under 100 points again and and continue that big defensive rating that they have. Uh, but they, they just kept hitting those insane threes. The down Pistons the only had 94 points with a minute and six seconds left, which is wild. <laughs> that means they hit... <laughs> Wait, 94 points with a, so I have 11 in my notes. points 
over the last 106. I have in my notes 106, 101 to 94. That's wild. That's right that, after the. That's, that's a, right after Jalen Brown hit his three that I thought was going to end the game. And I, then, th- oh, I thought that was it. I definitely thought that was it. Uh, shout out to Jalen Brown. I, I know he had a pretty nice game in the last game against Detroit, but a shot like that, man, I know he's been struggling for the most part this season. I feel like the shot like that is going to be something that really kind of gives you that confidence. He's, he's a player, I think, that's been – his confidence has been shaken a little bit from the way this season has started. He's suffered the most. We've talked about that on the podcast a bunch. He suffered the most in the way that, because of the way the Celtics have been kind of struggling to figure this out. And to have him hit that shot in that spot, I think, is big for him. He had a really big second half. He actually started the game 0 for 6, and then uh, his next seven shots, he hit six of them. 11 of his uh, 14 points came in the second half. He did a better job of just attacking the rim to early early on. Most of his points were coming at the rim, uh, so that shot, was well, I agree, was big. But I thought b- even before he had any points, he did a really good job passing the ball. I think it was the first first or second possession of the game he he drove and was going to go up for against Drummond and he found Kyrie for an open three he had um, some nice moments uh, where he would drive weak side help and he would find the find the uh, Tatum on the other side I thought he did a good job uh, just passing the ball and playmaking so all around a good game for Jalen Brown yeah Jalen Brown had three assists but I remember we, we were talking about that this is one of the good things I like about sitting next to you is that we can actually point something out in the game and know that we're going to talk about that later as it's happening. When he did that, that that was a play where I felt like early on in the season, he definitely would have tried to force that up. Even though Andre Drummond was there, he definitely would have tried to force that up and get it blocked. That's something that he is starting to get away from. He was passing the ball pretty well tonight, even for things that didn't end up as assists. Uh, I, I know that there are a couple of spots where he did force it up, I feel like for Jalen Brown, it's a matter of is he hesitant or not? Does he does he pause or not? When he attacks the rim and just goes up, he can take advantage of his athleticism, the speed, the burst, and and go up and, and finish these plays. When he stops and tries to up fake and all that stuff, then he gets gets himself into trouble. The good thing on that pass to Kyrie is that he recognized he was in trouble and then he got rid of it. When he doesn't recognize that he's in trouble or that he doesn't care that he's in trouble, that's where he ends up making a bad play. He ends up getting blocked or turning it over. You're right. He has to stay in that attack mode, and he was part of that 6-0 run right after the Mad Brad Tech. Um, he had a nice play going to the left. He may have traveled. It might have been a travel, but he had a nice lefty layup, um, and I think that's just him being in attack mode is definitely better for the for the team. But this is another Brad Classic, five guys in double figures. Um, Mook continued to shoot the hell out of the ball, more so in the first half than in the second half, but still had some moments. Uh, for some reason, he's a 50% three-point shooter now, um, <laughs> which we all predicted. Um, of course. Tatum really didn't, like, I remember none of Tatum's buckets tonight, uh, but he, he, he ended up with 16 points. Yeah, yeah, he had a nondescript game. He came in... He tried to murder uh, Andre Drummond, and oh, it did not work for it did it not out work. Jason Tatum. No, uh, yeah, he he came in. I I saw. I have a note here in the second quarter that he came in late in the second quarter and immediately drilled a three. But I don't have any real notes necessarily on Tatum. It's not that he did anything particularly spectacular. 
Uh, numbers for Tatum on the game, 16 points on just 4 of 12 shooting, 1 of 4 from 3, 7 of 8 from the line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, a plus 10 overall. So I mean, he was around. He played 30 minutes. Uh, he was around for a lot of the good stuff, but not nothing really much. Five uh, of his points came. All all five of his points in the fourth quarter came from the free throw line. So it wasn't like a, a huge factor there. Um, I thought the offense had its moments, but but definitely in the in the fourth quarter they fell back into ISO mode. Uh, one guy misses. It feels like when their when their offense isn't going well, they don't say let's run a bunch of plays. They they go back into hero ball and. Yeah. There were some better moments, but they just, I don't know. I don't tend to believe in momentum, but it feels like the Celtics, when they miss like two good shots that they created, then they, everything falls apart. I want to give a shout-out to the people who are watching on Instagram Live. T-Prov, who says, wait, is this the pod? John, shout me out if you're a man. I'm a man, <laughs> oh, so... man, it's a coward call-out. Yeah, seriously. I'm not Ben Simmons. I'm not a coward. I'll shout you out. Uh <laughs> Uh, shout out over here to Touche Bagoosh, all you guys. Uh, we'll do this on the Instagram Live from time to time, but we can't do the whole podcast on Instagram Live because can't that's give away giving the goods it all for free. away. So <laughs> look, look at this, everybody. Shout me out, Troy Boy Stewart. Smooth pimps. I like that. All right, so we're going <laughs> to... a Herbert of Riffs original. <laughs> Jalen Brown is a smooth pimp. Uh, shout out to all you guys. Everybody on Instagram Live, we're going to end it now. So I'm going to put this down and end the This Is Great Podcasting, by the way. I know. The people N- who are on Instagram Live right now are Instagram, People are like, what the hell are you talking about? But I want that just means that you got to follow Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. And so you can get some of this Instagram Live post game. So we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be a little more uh, smooth down the road. But that's that for the Instagram Live. See everybody. Now, while we're talking about social media, I want to make sure that you're following the Locked On NBA Net Twitter feed. That is a mega compilation of all the local hosts, all of the local Locked On podcast hosts. So anything you want. During this game, you can have stuff for me, Jam, Jay, and uh, the people from the Locked On uh, Pistons podcast. You can kind of get the other side. So if you follow that, it's just one big super feed of... The Locked On Podcast Network. It's Locked On NBA Net. Make sure you follow that so you can get everything up to date NBA as it's happening on Twitter. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. 
Rejecting the Screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, Rejecting the Screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Gordon Hayward, kind of nondescript game tonight, but I, I want to say I think he was passing really well. He only ended up with three assists, uh, six points, four rebounds. Not not a particularly anything game from Gordon Hayward, but there were a lot of times where I thought he was actually facilitating well and was at least part of when the when the ball movement was fluid. I thought that he was he was a big part of that. Hayward is now the highest paid best $28 million role player in the league. <laughs> like, he is a fantastic, he does everything right. He hasn't back to being, like, great, but he's uh does everything solidly. And so I thought it was just another solid performance tonight. They, the, it felt like the Pistons were really trying to attack him with Blake Griffin. Yeah. Their entire offense, basically, is try to get Blake Griffin on a switch and uh, attack. A lot of a lot of flopping from Blake. I know he's gone a little Hollywood, oh, um, but... God. Enough so that Abby Chin was calling him out on the uh, sidelines, which I was entertained by. Um, but decent performance from from Hayward. I thought that generally the Celtics defense did pretty well, uh, other than uh, some moments in the second quarter where um, Andre Drummond and Zaza Pachulia, of all people, got some offensive rebounds. And in the second quarter, the, the Pistons actually had about like eight to ten more shots than the Celtics, which I think was the major reason for them winning that quarter but then you really saw the clamps go down in the third and the pistons really were allergic to allergic to buckets basically in the entire second half except for the final minute where <laughs> reggie bullock and ish smith hit a bajillion threes there was some bs threes uh the celtics went on a 27 run in that third quarter uh it was kind of funny aaron baines made an immediate impact i thought he was going to go off for a uh like a daniel tice Type the, after nine points in the first quarter, he only finished with eleven points. But he the, he checked in and immediately scored five points. Yeah, and the first oh, one sorry. was obviously a three. He he had nine points in the first quarter and didn't score the rest of the way. He uh, he stepped in, hit a three. Then he got a wide open layup. He ended up nine points in the first quarter, and it was just like the Pistons have no answer for the backup centers on the Boston Celtics. Uh, nice immediate impact for him. He didn't play a ton, uh, just twelve minutes coming back from that. Uh, that uh, hamstring injury, and then he knocked knees at one point with Blake Griffin. Uh, so he didn't play a ton. Robert Williams got 54 seconds of burn, which was funny. Hey, he came back and got another like two seconds uh, at the at end the of end. the half, and they for some reason reviewed his uh, putback that was obviously <laughs> not like well after the whistle. Can we just do a brief uh, rant here about the refs? Absolutely. I think we've already talked about it, but absolutely. It was- for all the things they called, just the Pistons at one point picked up three fouls in four seconds. Like the Celtics ran the same inbound play three times in a row, and it was three fouls. <laughs> and it was, it was just a, an absurd amount of whistles tonight. And then on the ones they didn't call, like the goaltending that, uh, like just the blatantly obvious goaltending that Brad got a tech on, it just felt like they were getting paid by the whistle tonight. It was bad. The game was incredibly disjointed. The second quarter felt like it took uh, a good hour and a half. Um, I'm not one to harp on the refs usually, but this was uh, especially bad. So I'm harping, harp away. It's not that it's not that we're harping on like 
It like, wasn't like bias. It was just general right. it shittiness. Was, it was. It was. It was on both sides. There were just a million foul calls. It felt like, um, and like I get this whole freedom of movement thing. I get it, and this was probably just part of it, and we'll have to deal with it for now. Hopefully, it subsides. But right now, it is just brutal, and I think. I don't know. I think part of it is for the Celtics, they have been so physical. Like they are a very physical defensive team. So they are going to challenge how much the referees are going to call this because the Celtics are definitely one of those teams that's like, we are basically going to borderline foul people on every play, especially in the playoffs. It's the old Seattle Seahawks uh, defense method. You can't, can't call pass interference on every play. Can't exactly. So. But the refs did tonight. <laughs> they basically did. That's the difference. Anytime there was a post up, there was basically a foul. Yeah. And look, I don't know if that's going to continue, but the Celtics, they should just keep on challenging it because why not? I mean, I guess the answer to why not is because the games suck. And then Baines was in foul trouble. Baines yeah. had four. Horford had four. Basically, anyone who was uh, somewhat large had a lot of fouls tonight. They did. They did. Um, but, if, but it was... When we're complaining, it's not where we're complaining that the calls were against us or bias against us. It was just there were so many calls all over the place that there was a stretch there, especially in the second quarter, where I really felt like I could have taken a nap. I was just, there was no flow to the game at all. The only time there was a flow to the game is when Kyrie Irving just got insanely hot and just hit a bunch of shots in a row. Uh, He hit, uh, what was it? I have it written down. It's like three threes in the span of a minute 37. So that minute 37 of basketball was very exciting. The rest of the 40 minutes and 23 seconds it was mostly bad. You know, save for the uh, Mad Brad technical foul. The Al Horford had a really cool dunk, like a, a, a sky-high dunk that I, you don't normally see from uh, yep. him. So so that Yabu almost it. hit a three. That was, uh, that was a huge moment. The anticipation of that Yabu three in that moment, I mean, this place would have... We joke that places would have, like, imploded. At that moment, the Celtics were making a little bit of a run, and that felt like it was a real... Not a knockout punch, but Yabu drilling a three. Like you said it right there. Like he definitely would have dabbed after that one. Like Oh my god, it was guaranteed. Well, what happened was Kyrie comes down and tries to take another FU three. Celtics get an offensive rebound. Morris uh misses a three. Right. And so like the anticipation is is huge right, right there. And We're then Yabu's the wide open in the corner. Oh, uh, and he just couldn't do it. And he's well, we actually have legitimate Yabu uh news to talk about. He his option to pick up his rookie Whatever the deadline is tomorrow, and all the Celtics beat reporters, those people who get to sit downstairs, um, <laughs> are saying uh, that the Celtics legitimately have not made a decision on that yet, or like at least that's what they're hearing. So um, Yabu's time with the Celtics uh, could be well, they could p- not pick up his option and still resign him, but um, that deadline is tomorrow. Probably by some t- like the time a lot of you are listening to this podcast. You might know what's uh, what the deal with Yabu is, but it's just interesting. He got some minutes tonight with Tice out. Um, he had a nice block uh, and then missed that three. But other than that, it was um, 
pretty standard Yabu performance. I I feel like, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday with with Jay. I feel like the more I think about it, that the less likely it is in my mind that they're going to give him that extension that or, or pick up that option. I should say, because the tax implications, they just it makes it too expensive for them to keep him around, at least to commit to keeping him around now. And I don't know how much interest interest there is around the league to scoop him up. So it's not like there's a, a, a big clamoring for, for Yabu. I mean, it could end up becoming like um, a Hazonia thing where they decline to pick up his option and for some reason he starts playing well after that and then another team says, all right, we'll take a chance at, on him. Maybe, maybe Yabu, by the time the playoffs roll around, becomes an important piece and, and the Celtics may regret making that decision. But now, at the end of October, a Halloween where you have to say, are we going to commit not just $3.1 million to this guy, but in taxes, another $4.5 million. So a $7.6 million at the at least investment in a player to see if he could end up becoming what? A seventh, eighth man? It's You, you can... They're in a tough spot. They're not going to have a ton, a ton of money to spend next year if they, you know, use one of their exceptions. Or are they going to get a guy who's as good or not as good? I just don't see. I just don't see them saying we're definitely going to commit to this guy moving forward. Now, while we're talking about Yabu, have you gotten a chance to see his post game outfit? No, I have not. It is a full maroon Adidas jumpsuit with a bucket hat. Oh, As the there media it is. was entering the locker room, Jason Tatum was taking a photo. If you go to Jason Tatum's Instagram, um, I'm sure you'll find it, or all over Celtics Twitter. Oh, my God. Um, this is awesome. It's fantastic. He's Lord of the Bucket Hat and King of the Jumpsuit. And it's kind of like a... The thing about Yabu is everyone loves Yabu. Everyone wants him to stay around, especially when he's wearing outfits like that, especially when he's um, at IHOP with Jason Tatum drinking uh, hot chocolate together. Like That was a nice <laughs> moment. Um, but it's like a Sophie's choice of your large adult sons between Yabu and the Time Lord. Like you only have so many spaces on this roster for young big men you want to develop, and clearly you go with Robert Williams. Like that guy is an athletic freak. He can do things that no one else on the Celtics can do, just in terms of blocking shots and playing above the rim. And so, I mean, they they both got chances tonight, but you're not gonna. The choice is Robert Williams a thousand times out of a thousand. I, as I said yesterday with Jay King. It's a weird quirk, and you never know what crazy things are going to happen. But the fact that Williams fell to the Celtics, the fact that people were concerned about him and his, you know, his attitude or punctuality or whatever, that has given the Celtics a player who is now in a, a really, really good situation here in Boston. Now, Yabu and even Shemi Ojale. There's a question as to whether the Celtics are going to need those guys because now Williams does a lot of the things that they were hoping these two would do. He defends the rim. He's pretty athletic. He can switch. If they can get him to read the defenses right and if they can develop his jumper to a point where he becomes at least marginally reliable from three, that... 
marginally reliable is something that we hoped Shemi would be or Yaba would be, and neither of them are. And look, I believe in Shemi Ojale's three-point shot. I think the form looks good, but it's just not falling for whatever reason. If Williams now is the guy that you you definitely invest in on the rookie contract, I mean they have him under under complete control until the 2022-23 season. And so next year when he pay when they owe him 1.9 million on that rookie scale deal, Yabu's at 3.1 and Ojale has a team option at 1.6. So I think you keep Semi more, or you're more likely to, just because he can do a little bit more in terms of guarding on defense, and you just said his number was a bit smaller, but you're right. With how deep this team is, these guys aren't even getting regular minutes at this point, so it's hard to like actually commit money to them. Um, just a hot tip I have for all the listeners out there, if you want to see some extended minutes uh, for the Time Lord, head on up to Maine uh, for yeah. these next couple of weeks, because I have it on good authority that uh, the Time Lord will be there Um for the first couple of the main Red Claws games over the season. So uh, if you want to go have a nice time up in Portland, uh, I guess I'm giving a free ad for the main Red Claws in the Portland sure, Expo Center. But um, check him out. I think you'll see him play a good 35 minutes. Maybe he can shoot threes. He'll definitely get a lot of blocks and dunks. Yeah. Walt Lemon Party will be there. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> I want to clear something up. I misspoke. Shimmy Ojolade is not a team option. It's a non-guaranteed year next year. And that does not have to guarantee until July 1st. So the Celtics have time. They're not under the same obligation with Ojale as they are with um, with Yabu. So we'll leave it at that. Before we move on to the tweets, I want to remind everybody that the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast is something you should definitely be subscribing to. It's the most popular show on our network because it has no fan base all basketball fans are fans of fantasy basketball. I benched Kyrie after he said "be cool," and now he scored thirty-one points. Yeah, you, you knew you should. I should have been listening. You should. You should have known once he shaved the afro that he was going to drop. I forgot to set my lineup. See, if you had listened to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast with Josh Lloyd, you would have known. You would have known that Kyrie is not somebody that you bench. You roll with him. Shouts to Josh Lloyd because he's Australian, and uh, we love Australians on this yes, podcast. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. So Locked On uh, Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Josh Lloyd does an amazing job. I mean, if you want an advantage, if you're looking to win your league, especially if you've paid money and it's a money league, then you have to listen to Locked On Fantasy. He's got different hosts from around the league, around the Locked On Network on. We all give our, our opinions, and, and he's very good at it. So search for that wherever you searched for the Locked On Celtics podcast and subscribe today. A couple of Rain and Jays tweets before we get to the Rain and Junk. Uh, Robert Denton, ugly fucking half, and Smart wins us another one for the Seas. Well, a win is a win. A moral defeat of sorts for me. Oh, come on, Rob. <laughs> I don't think... A moral defeat is... <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough way to characterize the win. First, we got to talk about that smart play. Um, smart gets credit for be- throwing his nose in the in the in the fire there and getting the steal, but that's on Blake Griffin for just throwing the ball away for no goddamn that good was reason. A horrible pass. That play was dangerous. Like three different guys could have gotten really really hurt. For Most a second, notably- I looked down on the on the court and Ish Smith was just like dejected, yeah. and it, but he looked like a carcass. It and looked I, like he was I down. He was dead. Like I thought. 
I thought Marcus Smart had like rolled into his neck or something. He was just down. So Marcus, but Marcus Smart makes the hustle play As to always. keep it alive. And then Kyrie Irving comes in with like a weird, he was going to dive. This is how athletic he is. He dove and then slid and turned around and did like a pop-up slide. And it looked like Blake rolled onto his legs. I'm surprised he didn't like sprain an ankle on that. That's a dangerous play. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a wild finish to that one. But you know, I don't think I'm less inclined to have these moral defeat type of games where, like, if even if you suck, and and maybe this is just a biased way of looking at it, even if the team sucks and they pull out a win against a bad team, I say, who cares? Let's never talk about it again. Let's move forward because a win is a win, and that's the ultimate goal, and that's positive. What do we preach on this podcast? It's called sports optimism, folks. That's it. Sports optimism is the only way to be because it's sports. Why Why would you feel bad about sports when you could just feel good about them? That's, that's what they're there for. <laughs> so uh, I am here for moral victories, though, so I guess I guess that makes oh, me Oh, yeah, that's part of the optimism. Hypocritical? I don't know, but yeah. Uh, also on the Rain and Jays hashtag, which definitely hit us up with the hashtag Rain and Jays, R-A-I... N I N J S, Rainin J's no G. Juice Costello at underscore Costello. Tommy points to the old lady giving Reggie Bullock some lip on the inbounds. I didn't see that. Shouts that old lady. Shouts the old lady. I also want to shout out the old lady who damn near had her life ended by Andre Drummond. Thank God Andre Drummond controlled himself because if he had gone roaring into the crowd there was like this little 80 year old woman sitting on the front row and after (laughs) Drummond like stopped I could see her like gesturing like she's I really thought that she was in like real mortal danger down there so she was old ladies making an impact at the garden tonight uh at our Emory 89 R.I.P. Fro Kyrie hello heat check Kyrie Haircut Kyrie, as he's been known, uh, he's been dubbed on Twitter. Um, yes, hello, Fro Kyrie. Uh, we'll take a we'll take a moment and just acknowledge that there are so many good Jimi Hendrix memes and psychedelic memes. But you know what, buckets are more important these days. I guess so, man. I can't believe that the hair was really hindering to the point where he decided to cut it all off. Something had to go, man. Something had to change. Uh, let's see. Uh, at Awfully Wilfred, it looks like Jalen is slowing down his game now and creating looks by doing so. Yeah, we talked about that, that he's the patience to see the floor. If Jalen Brown adds the court vision and distribution to his game at some point, then he just changes the entire dynamic of how he's played. I still am not a fan of how of his ball handling. I still feel like he needs to work on that. But if he's able to see the floor and get that peripheral vision, and like uh, Wilfred said, slowing down, if the game slows down enough around him where he can feel people moving and understand where the players are on the floor, that opens up an entirely different aspect of his game and makes him damn near impossible to defend. At Eric J. Saint, Max Money Mook is a nickname. It certainly is. <laughs> That's a nickname. I don't want to give him Max Money, but he deserves it for shooting 75% from three. <laughs> it's, it's just wild. He's having a wild start to the season. And uh, that's it. That's it for the Rain and Jays hashtags for now. Rain and Junk, that's your purview. All right. This is from my mainest man, Touche Bagoosh. 
probably the biggest fan of Lil Funk in the league uh, after me. Uh, he asks, is Yabu's purple hair more purple? This isn't even his final form. You know what? I can't even tell that his uh, hair is purple from up here in the halo. But I saw it. I thought it definitely was like a glowing purple. I I looked down from the halo and I thought, wow, I could even tell that it's purple from up here. Oh, there you guys but go. Maybe because I've got I, I had new glasses on. My new prescription came in and I was really focused. I had damn near X-ray no, vision. I mean, if so you're I seeing really, it and Touche Bagush is seeing it, I think it's, uh, it's I clearly really there. I could really see it. Oh, uh, this is from Scary Rob. Um What's with Mook's clotheslining dudes? I don't know. Did he clothesline someone? I missed the clothesline. I'd be all for it. Was that looking I, uh, down? I mean, uh, look, I'm an old school no, Celtic. I think I was it the play when Blake Griffin completely flopped and they called an offensive foul on him on an oh, hour for dunk. Yeah, that was that, that was, was Blake terrible. Griffin, Hollywood actor. That was terrible. That was a comedian. terrible call. Uh, and this is probably my favorite. Uh, tweet of the night from patrick loonsbury at ball on opinions i think if Kyrie was on the taco truck he'd bring a lot of sauce because he has the moves that are straight saucy <laughs> i like that i like that which brings up another thing we forgot taco tuesday yesterday. we did today is the, the we're in the waning hours the waning and waxing hours of taco tuesday i think i don't know we'll just save it for the next time yeah we'll have a double taco tuesday we'll next double, week yeah double tacos um just gotta get better at that we're figuring it out and then finally from Brandon Hunt, Kyrie sacrificed the Hendrick memes for the good of the team. True sign of leadership, but RIP headband psychedelic Kyrie. We hardly knew thee. I mean, yeah, he, he said it better than I could. Yeah. Um, a shame. Moving on to my own junk, my personal junk. Uh, Adams Himmelsbach gave us this nice update at the start of the game. Robert Williams didn't see Baines trying to give him a pregame high five, so Baines gave it to Williams' chest, and now Williams might be out for the year. <laughs> Um, they ran a, a nice segment. We're talking about their favorite Halloween candies, but then Baines just kept on going a long talk about how candies are called lollies in Australia. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and I just, one, that's very confusing. Okay. Uh, but and then he didn't even pick one. He didn't even pick one, but I'm endlessly fascinated by just calling them lollies. Uh, our Australian fans will have to tweet at me and explain why that is. And tell me your favorite Australian lolly. Um, <laughs> They were playing some nice Halloween music. I heard uh, Rockwell's Somebody's Watching Me, uh, which features Michael Jackson on the hook. One of the greatest one-hit wonders ever. But then they remixed it, and I got very upset. So it was a very a lot of mixed emotions in the span of three minutes. Um, There's a nice Yankee suck chant. Um, so congratulations to the Red Sox winning the World Series. Yankees suck. Uh, I hate Ish Smith. Um, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Yabu 3 didn't happen. We already mentioned that. Uh, the Brad Tech, we already mentioned that. Uh, Kyrie had a nice bank shot in the fourth quarter. Um, that's a that's a smart professional jump shot. It's just cool. Bank shots are cool. Yeah. Uh, I th- like from my angle, I was like, oh god, Kyrie, that's terrible. And yep. then uh, it went off the glass and right in. It's just it's smooth as hell. Bank shots look funny from this high angle because you can't tell like you can't tell their intent whatsoever. Right. Um, I think that's about it. It was. I think I'm gonna blame the refs for the shallow junk tonight. Uh, there's there was not that much. No. I was so frustrated. No. By the refs just ruining the game that I just wasn't picking up on the the nonsense. There was a great guy who I'm going to say was fan of the night uh, dancing with uh, one of the best mustaches I've ever seen. That mustache was spectacular. That was I think that mustache was brought to us by Just for Men. That guy, I mean, that was that was the same color mustache as when um, uh, what's his name from the Bulls? He did the hair. Carlos Boozer. Yes, the Boozer hair. It had that very distinct kind of dark sheen to it. Uh, my only, my only junk 
addition is that the the Blake Griffin head snap every every time he's bumped, where he gets bumped, and he does the ah like that thing. Like it's I think he learned that from Chris Paul, and it's one of the most annoying things, and it just adds to the general annoyingness of the players on the Pistons. And I love that the Celtics sold a sponsorship to their Celtics win graphic on the jumbotron at the end of the game. Uh, <laughs> Party City. This is a free ad on the Lockdown Celtics podcast because that's brilliant marketing to say, hey, Celtics win, and then it rotates over and it just says Party City, and then Celtics win. <laughs> I mean, they sell everything. So They donated uh, the costumes to the Celtics dancers who... Did uh, they? Yeah, I, I heard that. So that was uh, exciting stuff. Um, I've been trying to look up... Uh, a phrase that I found recently on Wikipedia having to do with mustaches, but I'm I completely lost in the sauce right now. I can't figure <laughs> out what exactly it is. It's like the two generations of of mob, Italian mobsters that came over. the The younger generation was called like the Young Turks, but the old ones were called like Mustache Costanzas or something. <laughs> mustache Costanza. Where is it? I I found. Oh, Mustache Pete's. Yeah, there was. So the older guard were the Mustache Pete's, and the younger guard were the Young Turks. And this guy. The fan of the game. He was a definite mustache Pete. Absolutely. A hundred percent a mustache Pete. Or a mustache Costanza. Yeah. Probably more like more, more ap- apropos for him. Okay. Wild finish to the podcast. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these new in-person podcasts. It's a, just a new feature of me being back in Boston. I feel more comfortable interrupting now because you can see me. We can see each other and like it's, it's you know, we have an actual interaction. A rapport, if you will. So uh, we're working on that. I got my little fancy mixer over here. So sometimes the levels, if any of the levels seem a little off, I'm, I'm figuring it out. But but hopefully there's less uh, background hammering and construction work. Although tonight, the first night you're here, there was I looked down, there's not one worker here. Like there Normally they deconstruct every single one of those chairs. Yeah. <laughs> like it's this is insane. I feel like, and I haven't checked the Bruins schedule. I feel like the Bruins are on a little, road trip, so they're probably just keeping this up until Thursday nights, but I, I right. feel ripped off. It feels like I feel like maybe that you have been lying all this time because now I'm here and there's just no construction. Most of the time I'm just going like Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's all you're doing. Just sitting here. Now I have this image of you with a power drill in a full like carrot top like box of stunts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, part time prop comic. That's it. Samuel that's it. Jamison Packer the <laughs> third. Okay. Well, we're figuring it out. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hope the this is bleh. I'm not going to edit that out. Hope this is quality audio quality and hope you are enjoying this enough to subscribe. If you're a first time listener, we always love the new listeners. Uh, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for being part of this. Follow us on Instagram locked on Celtics because we're going to do more of these Instagram lives and inst- Instagram stories since we're around now together. So we'll be doing a whole lot more of that and subscribe to the podcast Give us a five-star rating. Give us a good review. Share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.